Hey Cones, what is going on? We are back. I know it's been a minute. I want to give a big shout out. This one's going out to Scott. Scott, you were right. I want to thank you for getting me back on the game. It wasn't really a matter of uh, me not wanting to. Guys, trust me, what I was doing the last five days. <laughs> I would rather be sitting here and recording a podcast for you guys uh, any day over that. But it's all going to be worthwhile, uh, worth it because I am going to get into that a little bit. I want to talk first about the Patreon. And ladies and gentlemen, we are up to 40 members on the Patreon. And you know what that means. That's 10 away from announcing the group cruise. If you guys want to, again, you're not missing anything. Over the course of the last two years, we've done this show for you. And if you don't sign up for the Patreon, you're not missing anything. But if you want to go up and over and beyond and you want to really support the show, an extra $5 a month will get you an extra show a week. And, you know, once we do have those 50 members, we will do the uh will announce the group cruise and that's it for patreon if you do not want to do it there is absolutely no pressure not to do it your membership of the uh facebook lounge the ultra lounge uh is so appreciated if you want to hop onto facebook and it is the always be booked cruisers ultra lounge on facebook we would appreciate your presence there all you have to do is click to ask to join and you will be allowed in the velvet ropes will part and you will be uh, a member of this exclusive club and uh you know the ultra lounge on facebook it's a group and you know what we do in there is we kind of share information you know this show is hard to do so much of a back and forth as well as on Instagram too. Instagram doesn't really lend itself to that, but if there's an example of a uh, of this show where it, we kind of come into a community type fitting or uh, some fitting setting, that is where it is. It's on the Always Be Booked Cruises Ultra Lounge on Facebook. Speaking of Instagram, it serves its purpose. We uh, put pictures up there of you know what most people do on Instagram. Tommy, okay, great, congratulations, real innovative there. No, but we. We do some memes and we do some comedy. We do some polls. And uh, if you could follow me on Instagram, that is always be booked. As usual, also, your emails have become the lifeblood of the show. And they're coming in hot and heavy. Every time I say that, they dip off. So let's not have them dip off. I want your emails, guys. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. You know, you're doing me a favor. When you send me an email, you're doing me a favor, and I appreciate that. Most importantly, if you could just share this show with your friends, any friends that like travel, any friends that like cruising, any fans, any friends that like podcasts in general, if you can share this show, that would be a very, very big help. Rate, subscribe on iTunes, and all of that crap. But 10 away, 10 away from announcing the group cruise on Patreon. We're very, very excited about that. But for now... Let's start the show. Hey yo, all aboard and welcome, it's about to be on. Grab a couple of cones, cause we about to be gone. To the Caribbean, seven days and eight nights. Got the crew coming heavy, but we all packing light. Yeah, we always be booked, we got our drinks in the sky. From New York City to the USBI. Is that a full margarita, man? Finish it up. Cause we about to run the beer like Forrest Gump. Finding pockets on the Lido, she ain't gotta be a tent. Cause we did the things, and we'll do them again. Tonight's the white party, but we blacking it out. Cause we got the drink back. And we're maxing it out Everybody come on I said sound that horn Cause we gotta get away To where the police from Yeah All aboard 
aboard and welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the Always Be Booked Cruise Cast Show coming at you not quite live from Palm Beach County, Florida. Welcome in. I know it's been a second. We've got to get back in the action. Um, you know, it's been a lot. It's been a lot happening. I know. What are we talking about here? I told you guys, I'm coming down to Florida to really concentrate on Always Be Booked. We had Cruiser Palooza. We were at sea for 21 days out of the entire month of September, so that was gone. We spent some money. We have some living expenses going on. Yeah, guys, it was never a doubt that I was going to have to get some sort of a job, and uh, ideally, it was going to be part-time. So, Let's get into that a little bit, I guess. We'll talk about what uh, my experience was when I did that. So I mean, you know, anytime you you know, move markets and you're advancing age, you get a little nervous. You know what I mean? I do have a good, solid resume, so uh, I wasn't freaking out or panicking or anything like that. But just I, I did not plan to go do all that traveling. So it was very, very much of a priority for me to get a part-time job or at least a job, whatever job you can get in general, when I got home. So now um, now it's in my head like, okay, you want a part-time job. Well, you can't always be picky. You have a full-time-ish resume. You know what I mean? Your resume, the strength of my resume is my experience and where I've been and what I've done and kind of just uh, taking over things from sort of like a macro level at any bar or restaurant or club that I've been to. And, uh, you know, that doesn't necessarily lend itself for so something uh uh, part-time, you know what I mean? So I had it in my mind that if there was a full-time gig that was going to come my way, I was going to try to, I would I would probably consider it. I would consider it, but I would like, you know, try to make sure I can carve out at least two full days to dedicate to you guys. I mean, full days. And then, you know, whether I was working eight to 10 hours the other days, I would still have a good three, four hours to work with you guys on the other days as well. Yes, very, very busy. But you know what? This is not the first time I came down to Florida like I did in 99, where I was coming out to find myself. That was like my college-ish years. And um, this time I'm coming out here to work. So I had no problem doing that. But, you know, it's always an issue when you when you're looking for jobs, whether it's Craigslist, Craigslist or Indeed. You know, it, it's a matter of just getting the interviews because I could tell you from the vantage point of doing hiring and 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 doing my own HR, a lot of times things fall through the cracks. And Indeed.com has made it so easy to apply for jobs, and I think it's too easy. You upload your resume, you write yourself a cover letter, and then you upload that to Indeed. Now you just surf through these jobs, and you, you it's a one-click apply process for most of them. So I can imagine how inundated HR offices or people who do it on their own are getting. So, you know, the percentage of actually getting the calls isn't high. Now, I did get three calls out of maybe, I don't know, Put you know interviewed for like twenty one. First of all, screw you, Bar Louie. First of all, have you guys have a you have a Bar Louie in your area? Fun place, nice place. It's like a it's like a neighborhood bar. It's a chain bar. It's a it's a franchise bar, corporate bar, restaurant with a mom and pop feel to it, pretty much. And yeah, they want assistant managers. They want managers. What you had to go through to actually apply for that job, it took about 50 
5.0 minutes for me to do that because you had to fill out an application on Indeed. You had to answer about 20 questions on Indeed. Then you had to go, okay, there's one more step. Go to the company site. You go to the company site. You have to refill out the whole application. You have to take probably, and I'm guessing right now because I didn't know when it ended. They just kept coming, like 12 questions on each page. One of those crazy personality quizzes where they try to catch you being inconsistent, asking you dumb questions like, do you want to be famous or when you uh, do something good, is it important for you to have people watching you? When you're in a discussion with somebody important, do you like when other people see you? All the all this weird crap that you don't, you know, you don't, you don't know what the hell they want. Then you don't know what to, you don't know what they want to hear. But you answer the best you can, finish the personality quiz, and then it gives you a bar, like an, a fictitious bar with a bunch of statistics about that bar on a weekly, let's say, cash sheet or balance sheet or whatever. It goes on to ask another 15 math problems about costs and uh, data and cost analysis and things like that. I mean, this is the screening process. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm just going to keep going through it every page after page because they don't tell you when you're going to be done. They don't tell you how much you have left to go. So you think maybe this is the last one and you've already put so much time in. Maybe this is our... Oh, a nightmare. Either way, they didn't call me yet, at least I don't think, whatever. But I did get three interviews out of the whole process. And uh, it's interesting because all three of them, you know, I told you guys I didn't really want to work in Boca Raton. It's not necessarily a ton of opportunity in Boca Raton. So I was looking more in the Fort Lauderdale and West Palm area. So. Uh, unfortunately, these two two of the opportunities were down near Fort Lauderdale, and one of them was up in West Palm. Which, not unfortunately, that's kind of what I was looking for. But either way, I had to drive a decent amount. So, the first two I went to, sat down, and it was clear that I was going to get an offer at the table for you know. The first guy was south of Fort Lauderdale, and I actually fell in love with this place. This was a very large restaurant and bar. Uh, it had also a very large outdoor tiki section, and I was pumped about it. I was like, you know what? This is kind of like I could see myself finding a home here because the guy was like, listen, we need we need like soup to nuts help. We need you to help us with standard operating procedure. You have to write marketing plans for us, and that's the stuff I love. I eat that up, and then I was like. All right, so what are the hours? What's the pay? What do, what do you guys do? He was like talking pay. Pay was low, but that wasn't necessarily the biggest problem because I understand I'm in Florida. But the problem was six hours a day, 60 hours a week. And this was probably a 50, again, 5-0 commute each way. So, you know, I didn't rule it out. I was like, eh, you know, maybe we'll see. Uh, told him I needed some time to think. Then I went to a, a little town called Davie in Fort Lauderdale, and uh, they were hiring for an, a general manager of a wing house. Now, I don't know if you know who a wing house is. Some of you do, some of you don't probably. It is a bit of a wannabe. Not one. I shouldn't say wannabe, but it's, an, it's, a, it's sort of like a knockoff of Hooters. It specializes in wings and girls, ladies, however you want to say it. So it's like Everybody's dressed up in uh, Hooterish type outfits. The uh, decor is like that nice, shiny polyurethane wood, and the wings are prominent on the menu, and that's pretty much it. So it's a wing house, is, is, and it's a chain, too. Started in Texas about 20 years ago or so, and uh, it's got locations, you know, about 30 locations between here, Florida, and Texas, and, um, you know, it's, 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 it's coming up. So the money was better for this. 
and the days of the week were better. Now, he still said it's going to be 11 hours a day, five days a week. I'm like, geez, not really too into quality of life here, but this was more or less something I tentatively accepted because I was like, yeah, I could deal with that. Five days a week, uh, 11 hours a day, I can make some things happen, and it gives me the security of knowing that I got money coming in. So then I know... Take that home, tell, tell the guy I'm going to think about it. You know, he actually fought for me at the table. He was like, you know, when he said X number, I was like, okay. You know, I was like, it's, we're close. Let me just give it some thought. And he kind of went aggressive. So he's like, listen, if that's not enough. I'm like, I didn't say it wasn't enough. I just said, I want to think about it. He's like, either way, I think you'd be a good fit here. So I'm going to text, and he's texting at the interview, the uh district manager uh, I'm sorry the regional manager he was the district guy he's texting the regional guy and he's trying to get me more money so he's extending our interview a little bit longer because he's stalling to try to get the information back from his regional his boss basically answering questions back and forth he's kind of cluing me in on what he's saying to him and yes the guy grants it okay give him that if you think he's the right guy if you think it's gonna work out long term offer him that so he offered me that unfortunately i was not prepared at that table to accept anything that day so i still said to him okay i do appreciate that that sounds awesome and i really appreciate you going to bat for me but i am going to still take the day so i get home and uh so i got two offers here and I'm thinking about it. So I know that I have a guy. Now, back in the day when I used to work down here as a general manager, I had a liquor rep. And uh, this guy was a good dude. He was always a good dude. Very, very, uh, he was a good salesman. You know what I mean? You could tell he was very good at selling. But he was also just, you know, part of the, uh, the, the why he was a good dude. But why he was a good salesman is because he, you know, had an aura of genuineness about him and um i don't know i think it's real you know one of my bosses said tommy it's all about sincerity if you could fake that you got it made (laughs) i always thought that was pretty funny and very well said not a lot of uh extra words in that statement it was very good concise little statement it was not my style but it was still funny um so i know this guy had a bar and he had one. I just saw him on Facebook through the years, about seven, eight years or whatever. He had this bar. And then I know he opened another bar. I didn't dive too deep into where his bars were, what they were. But I did know in the back of my mind, I could tell that, you know, in the vein of the person who he is, he kind of really had this one place operating as a family type atmosphere, a good neighborhood place. It was very, very successful in the northern part of West Palm Beach area. And I just had I just could tell. I'm like, you know what? It makes sense. This guy's good. He's he's a nice guy. He's a genuine guy. So it makes sense that he'd have a bar, open it up, treat people like family, and it would be successful. Then through the years, I got wind that he opened up another one. I didn't know where either one of them were. I remember, I'm up in New York. I'm in Orlando. I'm doing my thing here. So I don't really know what the hell's going on, which way is up. But I do know I have that out there in the field that I know he's doing well. So then similarly, I saw the things like... Uh, there was an issue. There was a fire. I didn't know what happened at his at one of his locations. I don't know if it was the main location or the uh, second location or what it was. But, you know, basically now I have these two offers. I know he's here. I basically decided to give him a text message or a Facebook message. I said, hey, buddy, you know, just to let you know I'm in the game now. I'm down here in South Florida. The kids still got it. If you need any help, part-time, temporary, full-time, part, uh, you know, whatever whatever long-term manager dj i can help you out in whatever you need if you need anything so he goes 
man, it's good to hear from you. You know, just genuine like he like he is. And he's like, why don't you come up and we'll talk? You know what I mean? We'll just it'll be good to see you either way. So I said the same thing. Uh we'll get into I was under the weather, guys. I was I was very, very badly under the weather. I mentioned this on the Patreon, so I will go through it fast and not to you know, I'll just be concise. I won't skip anything, I'll just be concise. So I'm sick, he tells me to come out, and, uh, you know, I'm just trying to take on these opportunities, and um, I don't want to let any pass by, so I go to what I think is the location he wants me to go to. It's the wrong one. So he says, no, 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 that one's the open, because I, when I asked Siri online, she's like, this is the only one that's open. He told me, no, this one is closed, so I didn't get the full scoop. So I went to the location that he was actually at. It's not open, it wasn't open, but this was his original location. I walk in. Sees me, yells out, Tommy Vegas, even though I've never been called that in my life. Gives me a huge bear hug. This guy's also, this guy's like 6'4", 280. Good guy. Like, just just a good guy. And he's like, man, sit down. Let's talk. So he recapped on everything, what happened. And what had happened was, uh, five months ago, they had a, they went off, the place went on fire. In the middle of the night, uh, there was two employees there. A grease fire started. They tried to put it out. They hung in there for as long as they could, but uh, eventually, not eventually, sooner than later, flames started shooting up and through the roof, and they couldn't do anything. They had to call the fire department, and they had to make that call to this guy and uh, tell him, listen, we did all we could, but the place burnt down, or was burning, is on fire, completely on fire, and looks like it's about to burn down. So uh, the fire department came, then he showed up later, it was like 4 in the morning, he said his phone was off, he got there about 4 or 5 in the morning. And the place was done, and he just was beside himself, didn't know what to do, was, you know, crying, pissed off, angry, sad, all the, you know, all the all the, all the, the gamut of emotions that would run through somebody if you had, you know, this is not a rich guy. This is not like my previous employment situation where, you know, there's lots and lots of money and there's lots and lots of moving parts. This guy opened up too with his bare hands and with some help from a couple of people and made it happen. So he's freaking out. Clearly, yeah. So he has insurance and he's going to bounce back. A lot of people say stuff. A lot of people say things. You know, he was, you could tell he had a chip on his shoulder and he was working very, very hard because people were like saying rumors like, you know, he's not going to be able to bounce back from this. He's not going to reopen. So, you know, the man this guy is, he just he just was telling me, fill, filling me in on the whole thing, telling me what the history of it was. And, and then he told me, listen, I don't use managers at this point. I am the manager. I run both places. I work my ass off. I do what I have to do. Um, but I have two places now. And I'm looking to open up three more in the next five years. And uh, sooner than later. And he's like, believe it, you better believe my wife is all over me about being able to spend more time at home. I just say, honey, you got to give me a few more, you know, years or a year, another couple of years. And um, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to slow it down. But he's like, in order for me to do that, I am going to need somebody who I could trust. He's like, would you consider starting as a as a bartender? And it give you some extra responsibilities too. We'll give that a go for a month or so, see where it is, and then we'll start moving moving you into the into the, you know moving you up. And eventually, I'm going to need a director of operations for you know all the stores, all the all the locations. And that was exciting to me. But was what was more exciting to me was the fact that I am you know being a part of the, what this guy's trying to put back together. 
and trying to help him kind of like bounce back and rise from the ashes, you know, no pun intended, but being literal with that. And uh, basically like uh, also the fact that the bartenders make good money from what he says. And I could tell this place by the Facebook traffic and by how his phone is ringing off the hook and by, you know, asking the other employees there that this place gets its ass kicked in a good way. Like it's very, very busy. So I'm in a good position there to be able to bartend. You know, I don't know if he's going to use it three, four or five days a week, whatever it is, but that is going to have me be able to free up. So this ended up being, yeah, I didn't take the opportunity that was straight through to the corporate management job, but I did take the opportunity that could eventually go that route, helping a friend, and at the same time, uh, freeing myself up to be able to do a lot more of this. So that is that. Um, and that's pretty much the uh, intro story that I wanted to give you guys and a little bit of a background. So to say I say that to say this. Uh, anytime there's a new opening or there's a new, you know, I, I got it. I got me and him had this conversation Monday night. So by Wednesday, I was dialed in. So it's a construction site. You're painting, you're sanding, you're nailing, you're hanging, you're washing, you're cleaning, you're stacking, you're, um, and then you're doing it all over again. Something else comes in, you're doing inventory, you do, you do, you're doing everything. You're, you're, you're running, you're making deliveries, you're picking things up from storage, you're picking things up from Home Depot. So it was basically day and night you know, opening, and uh, that's that's what I was doing, man. You know, this guy needs to get open, and uh, that's that's where I was at. And it was kind of like anti, not anticlimactic. It was contradictory in that I said I was coming here to be able to spend more time on this podcast, and then I immersed myself in this. But that's a temp. That was a temporary thing. You know what I mean? You know, I know it's story after story, and you're hearing this, you're hearing that. But that was a temporary thing. It's probably still going to go on for a couple more days while we're doing our opening because we actually are opening today for the first time at 5 p.m. It's called the Pirates Well. This place is going to become part of the show, to be honest with you, because I walk in there and we're cleaning, and the staff in there is scrubbing down things and hammering things and and. It's all pirate themes all over the place. The food is pirate themed. The drinks are pirate themed. And the music is all, it was Jimmy Buffett. It was Alan Jackson. It was Kenny Chesney. It was Zach Brown. It was, and, uh, you know, the decor is all just like witty catchphrases of pirates and the pirates creed and pictures and things like that. So nothing, <laughs> I can't think of something that's more appropriate talking about cruising and things like that. And you guys know me and I'll make a freaking crazy connection between the two. And uh, yeah, this is this is the new place for now. It's great too because I don't have to necessarily, if somebody calls out, if there's a problem now, like if there's a, I mean, not that I, I wouldn't. It's not my ultimate responsibility, as you are when you're general manager. You're general manager of a restaurant. Your phone doesn't, you don't turn your phone off. You just can't. Uh, In this regard, it's more of a situation where I'm here to help no matter what, but I come in, do my job, and I go home. You know what I mean? If uh, so-and-so is giving bad service on a Tuesday and I'm not working until Wednesday, I don't have to stand over them and be like, you know what, I don't have to make a decision whether or not they get written up, suspended, or fired or not. That's not what, you know, so that's going to be an attractive thing for me. But uh, the Pirates Well, it's on alternate A1A in uh, Lake Park, Palm Beach County, a couple of exits north of West Palm Beach. And uh, 
I'm really looking forward to that. And today, I actually start today, so 6 p.m. to 3 a.m. are my hours today. A little nervous to get them, you know, because I haven't bartended regularly in about 18 years. Not 18, I shouldn't say 18 years. Maybe more like 15 years. Um, I helped out a little bit at Wahlburgers here and there. I'm hoping it's like riding a bike, guys. I will report to you on that. I trained last night. It seemed to go very well at their other location, but we'll see where it goes. All right, let's get into the crew stuff, and uh, we'll start you off with the cruise news. All right, before we get into the news, I want to give a shout-out to some major Facebook Ultra Lounge contributors. You know, we don't necessarily give a lot of shout-outs. I've been meeting to for a while on the show, and I want to just say thank you to a couple of people that kind of really show their face and contribute to the Always Be Booked Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. And, uh, you know, just say what's up to them and give them some airtime. Obviously, the king, we got King Marty, who is a major contributor on there. Julia... Big shout out to Julia. You are the best. Always very, very supportive. Sid is the man. Hysterical. Always giving us some, uh, you know, whether it's humor or whether it's, uh, you know, where he's going and where, he, you know, his he, he gives us, he takes us along for the ride on a lot of his cruises as well. Uh, Chris, big shout out to Chris. Uh, Angie, Angie's always cracking me up with the water comments. She doesn't want to let that bottled water thing go, but I don't blame her. It's pretty funny. Uh, Christina. Christina M., one of the best there is out there. You guys know my buddy Beatrix, who's more than a contributor on the Ultra Lounge. She was also a contributor on the show. You'll hear an email about her soon. You know, somebody uh, described her as intoxicating and suggested that Beatrix <laughs> should be a major, uh, uh, not a major, a, um, a regular co-host on the show. I don't think Beatrix has that kind of time, but that would be great. Uh, Trevor, big Trevor. You're the man. Carlos always, Carlos was actually on the show, did a uh, review of one of his cruises. And Carlos is always stepping in and contributing with the news. He's doing a great job with that. Uh, Sancocho, we don't even have to touch that, uh, especially when we're talking about Carnival. Sancocho's, <laughs> you know, he's in the crew. We cruise together. You know what I mean? So uh, he'll be on the group cruise, hopefully, when we announce that in just 10 more guests, uh, 10 more signups for Patreon. Sarah, uh, Sarah's awesome. Big Nick, former cruiser with us, stepped away a little bit, but I'm, I got a feeling he'll be back. Uh, Ken, Ken is the man too as well. And of course, of course, these people are uh, incredible. We'll start with Matt and we'll go to Thelma. Uh, and, you know, I've actually sent them on cruises before. And uh, great information, great tips, and great contributors to the lounge. Also, Juan. Juan is in the mix always. And there's more of you guys. So we're going to step in. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a few of these a week. I just want to make sure that I do get a uh, shout-out to a lot of the people that do contribute on a regular basis. You know what I mean? You got Brian. You got Lawrence. You got uh, AJ and so many more. I'm going to hit you guys up uh, more regularly and show you guys some appreciation, give you guys some airtime for being contributors as well. All right. I wanted to say this, too, before I got into the actual news, but this does classify as news. I got sick after this last cruise. Now, started with Stu, I think. Stu got sick on, like, day five. He said he was sitting next to some woman. who they, and, and I didn't go to dinner this night with them. I sat it out. But they uh, they got, they got all went to dinner. And Stu said they sat a single woman solo by herself 
at the table with them and she was sick and she was coughing sneezing and he was you know still was outraged it was like oh my gosh this is i don't i'm not dealing with this and he's like i think an actual piece of phlegm hit my uh forearm when she coughed <laughs> which sounds like maybe it happened because he started sniffling and sneezing for the last couple of days it was nothing like too debilitating but then apparently you know, I didn't feel anything on the ship. I got off the ship, and I'll say this too. I've never been sick on any cruise. Have you guys had uh, situations where you've been sick on cruise ships before? Um, you know, I just had the one thing that was basically food poisoning, but that, you know, had nothing to do with germs or whatever. But I did get sick after this cruise. I didn't even chalk it up to it being the cruise ship. I was like, maybe because, you know what, I'm just run down. Been doing a little bit more eating, a little bit more drinking than normal, and I've been away at sea for 21 days, so maybe that's the thing. Maybe I just got got sick. It happens. People get sick, and then change in environment, um, you know, the whole marathon running around, moving and everything. Uh, so I just choked it up, but it was bad. It was like almost like a little bit of a, a touch of the flu, it felt like, because I was rocked, you know what I mean, trying to go on job interviews, rocked. I mean, you know, you get that feeling where you're glazed over and you're, you're clammy and you're, you're um, you know, you're hot one minute, the next, cold the next minute, so all that crap was going on. Stu actually got it worse when he got off the ship, sore throat, everything else. Somebody made a post on Facebook in the group for the actual cruise. Say, hey, did anybody else get sick and... And I couldn't believe it. 98 people were commenting on this thing, going back and forth, describing the same exact symptoms on the ship. I don't blame, I would never blame Carnival for that. I would never blame a cruise line for that. That just happens. That's going to happen. Uh, it's, a, it's a small environment. It's, it's where you get that name floating Petri dish. I don't buy into it. But it's all just the more reason to make sure you are, um, you know, I was too late. I didn't do it while I was on the ship. I did it before. I always kind of like do like a little bit of emergency, not emergency, uh, airborne regimen, a couple a day, you know, one or two a day, one, one when I wake up, one when I go to bed and uh, kind of build up that immune system a little bit, you know, but then I stopped like on, like when I got on the ship, I stopped. So that was already done, but it, it kind of makes sense. Just do the hand washing thing, do the sanitizing thing and do the uh, vitamin C thing. Uh, that's at least my recommendation in general. I've never been sick from a cruise or on a cruise before. This was a first and hopefully a last. All right, here we go. Carnival Cruise Lines announced that for the entire month of October, they're going to be placing an extra emphasis on Halloween. This is kind of cool, isn't it? Oh, no. I think it is. Uh, adults and kids alike should be into this, shouldn't they? I can tell you. That when I was in Orlando, the city was on edge for two things in general. So Orlando, basically the two most talked about things while I was there. It's the Food and Wine Festival at Epcot. And then it's Halloween Horror at Universal Studios. It's crazy. It's, <laughs> I don't know. It's almost like they don't make adults anymore nowadays. It's uh, people in their 30s and 40s. Used to, I used to remember when I was a kid. You guys tell me. When I was a kid. And I'm not knocking it because I am, you know, it's just... They, they they take on recreational activities of a child. <laughs> when I was a kid, a grown-up was a grown-up. You know what I mean? It was boring. That's why I didn't want to grow up. But nowadays, you can do whatever you want. Can you, uh, can you imagine adult kickball leagues being a thing? Dodgeball. I don't know if you guys watch, but there's this show called Portlandia. You've probably heard of it, but uh, I had heard of it for years and just never watched it. Um, it's on Netflix. They parody that whole hipster thing and that whole hipster movement. It's it's really funny. They started up a 
to make fun of all the adult leagues and the adult recreation things that are happening, they uh, went extra far, extra far and they they parodied it by making an adults hide and seek league. And uh, you know what? It's it seems funny and ridiculous and over the top. Yet I could actually see see it happen. Anyway, Sarah Beth Reno, who is the vice president and entertainment of Carnival, says Halloween is always an exciting time aboard Carnival. And this year, we're taking it to the next level with a full month of frightfully fun activities that guests of all ages can enjoy. Uh, This is going to be, like I said, a month-long program. So it started already, and it will be based around a character named Patch the pumpkin pirate they're describing him as colorful swashbuckling and a swashbuckling seafarer this creepy character is apparently 12 feet tall and will be welcoming guests on board has anyone uh, been on a carnival cruise this year can anyone report back on patch yet tommy at alwaysbebooked.com please uh the cruise director will be involved in this as well uh by hosting a scary story time where patch himself will read to the kids and try to make sure that no one sleeps on this already very family friendly cruise line so there's already kids running around like crazy and uh now we're going to rile the kids up even more by telling them scary stories and making sure they're not going to go to bed bothering their parents and other guests deep into the night i'm just kidding um i I do think this is cool other crew members will be also responsible um (laughs) enforced against their will pretty much uh to dress up and hand out goodies in different at different areas throughout the ship other activities to go along with this theme will be thriller dance classes cool uh patches deck party i'm sure they'll be doing some line dancing there halloween themed standard activities like bingo Pumpkin, uh, pumpkin carving contests and sort of scary movies in the dive-in theater. I guess they're not going to go too scary with the movies in the dive-in theater. You'll see Jason hacking up people with blood splurting everywhere on the friendly carnival fun cruise. Uh, the week will conclude with a costume contest with prizes for the most creative uh, also, there will be some Halloween specialty cocktails like the Green Goblin and the Witch's Brew. I can't be mad at this effort by Carnival to jump on the Halloween bagging um, and everything that surrounds it. I think the Norwegian Bliss should do this also by uh, clearing the gar- go-karts and uh, maybe doing a... Ha- Could you imagine that? Clear the go-karts, put a vehicle on there, and do like a haunted hayride on the go-kart track. No? I don't know. Just an idea, Norwegian. Let me know what you think. Uh, also, guys, you let me know what you think. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. All right, let's take it to my backyard. That's right, Palm Beach County. You've heard me talk about these Bahama cruises from West Palm over to the Bahamas. Um, forever, it was just the grand celebration. But fairly recently, a retired Costa ship was repurposed as the Grand Classica. I shouldn't say repurposed because it was actually sold and bought by a different company. Uh, repurposed would indicate that it was, you know, remained within the same company and just repurposed. Uh, So now the Bahama Paradise Cruise Line has a fleet of two ships, thus enabling daily departures from Palm Beach to Grand Bahama. That all changed for a week on October 1st as FEMA chartered the celebration to house relief workers that are up in Massachusetts trying to restore service to thousands of homes who have been affected by the recent gas incident that went on up there where everybody, you know, lost service and there was just a major major gas event up there that you know they're trying to recover from 
So the celebration canceled its October 1st sailing, and the Grand Classica also canceled its October 2nd sailing. Instead, the Classica started its two-night program on October 3rd, thus covering for the celebration until she comes back in December. So, you know, we've been hearing more and more. I've always kind of said it, and it was more like I'm not a conspiracy guy or whatever. I just had this feeling. If there is a new world order or a, or a, or a you know what do you want to call it a a a a supreme government that oversees the whole world uh i always thought that there's some sort of a doomsday plan for cruise ships that it's too useful you know how many what 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 carries that many people and is that big and is that technically advanced that it can actually also move and is mobile thousands and thousands and thousands of miles all over the world so I feel like that's what's going on, and I feel like you're seeing a little bit more and more of this. We you know whether whether it's hurricanes or whether it's disasters or whatever. You're seeing these uh, cruise ships get chartered. You heard, you saw Carnival did it. I think it was at the Paradise a year or so ago uh, in Puerto Rico, and there was one that was in um, uh, St. Bart's as well. So you're seeing this here and here and there more and more, and uh, you just saw it again. All right, so Norwegian. Raising prices again. Now, I've complained about them. If you've heard me complain about them nickel and diming in the past, uh, they must have heard me because this ain't about nickel and diming or loose change anymore. They bumped their drink package up to $99 per person per night. I'm going to repeat that. $99 per person per night. Uh Norwegian, I don't know, man. They're coming at us uh, with their chest out a little bit. A little bit of swagger, no? Apparently, the ever-swinging pendulum of supply and demand uh, is in effect, and Norwegian is rolling the dice and putting their money on demand. This comes on the heels of their recent announcement that the price of their cruises will be going up significantly. They actually made that statement publicly. Hey, listen. Up cruises are going up. The prices are going up, and they're going up significantly. <laughs> I'm like, man, you got to feel good about your product to be, you know. I mean, just do it. You don't have to freaking, you know, do it. Be a little more subtle about it or put a reason behind it. No, we're going up, and you're dealing with it, basically. They didn't really do it to that level, but that's what it kind of came off uh, of to me. It kind of came off as that to me a little bit. They made the power move to uh, to jack it up to $89 per day recently. Uh, all of this when the average price on the other lines is about $55 per day, and then it goes to the gratuity. So we all know how that works, right? We all, we all, we're not dummies, right? If you pay for this, you're pretty much a moron, I guess. Norwegian claims, Norwegian's claim to fame is that they have their free at sea program. You pick one of the five choices for free. One is the free drink package. One is the ultimate dining. And then you have other things like onboard credit, internet, shore excursions, things like that. So if you are a drinker, there is not much chance of anyone with a clean bill of mental health to pick the uh, internet package and then opt to pay the 99 bucks for the drinks, right? I mean, that, that makes makes sense. Everyone chooses the booze. So why do they even bother doing this? Many people say that it's because it looks like, I don't know, they're giving away more, you know what I mean, perceived value if we charge you 99 bucks, uh, you know, and we, then we give it to you for free. It looks like we're giving you a bunch of stuff for free. And I agree that that's part of it, but I have zero doubt that the real reason they're doing this while you do not have to pay for the drink package itself, you do pay the gratuity. And the gratuity is based on a percentage of the cost of the drink package. So now they get 
dollars per person per day for the drink package that's supposedly free while making it you know by while making it look like something that you didn't pay for and the most important caveat to their ultimate scheme is the creation of this sail away category what the hell is the point of a sail away category that's only something norwegian does the point is basically to eliminate free at sea sail away is supposed to be a bargain basement price where you don't even qualify for free at sea so if you look uh and you're pricing out cruises you'll see carnival seven day eastern caribbean starting at 5.99 you'll see norwegian seven day you know whatever starting at 5.99 now carnival if you want to pay the drink package on top of that you pay that and you pay the port taxes and the uh the uh, port port charges and taxes. Uh, Norwegian, you could do the same thing. They tell you you're getting free at sea, but no, not for the sail away. Uh, so they just use the sail away as the regular price. So then they could take the standard inside room, which does allow you to qualify for the sail away, and then they jack up that price a couple of hundred dollars per person. Uh, and you have to do this in order to accurate ac- activate your free at sea. So between the 200 bucks you pay for the extra stand, standard booking versus the sail away, plus on an eight-day cruise, $20 a person, it's 160 bucks for the gratuity, your free beverage package is now pushing 400 bucks for you. So, I mean, it's borderline genius because it works for those who aren't as dialed in as us cones are, but we still see what they're worth it. Now, this is not to say it's not still worth it. I'm just saying it's important to at least know what they're coming at us with. So, I mean, you get it, right? Recap. You can't do a sail away and get the free at sea. So you have to upgrade right off the bat. And that's a couple hundred dollars usually per person. And then that starts the whole percentage thing. You got more percentage on tax. And then now your free at sea activates. But now, okay, what's the actual value? 90 to 100. Let's just round it to 100. 100 for eight days. That's, you know, now the gratuity on that is 200 bucks. 160 bucks gratuity. And you know they're not giving that gratuity exactly to, you know, they're, they're spreading that gratuity around. Gratuity on cruise ships is basically, it, it, most of it goes to them, but it's incentive-based. That's after they get their good reviews, after they get their, uh, you know, approvals from their department heads and things like that. All right. Um, let's fast forward to 2019 only to rewind back again to 1987 because next year 80s and 90s hard rock superstar John Bon Jovi is jumping on board Norwegian for two theme cruises that's right ladies um I don't know what the age group of uh John Bon Jovi is I know those new kids on the block cruises sell like crazy you know what I mean you know the, the it's you know, you, you want to call it a cougar cruise? I didn't. I didn't call it a cougar cruise. Me, you did. That's your. That's your thing. You might have called it a cougar cruise. I did not. Could be a panther cruise. Could be a you know lioness cruise. Who knows? Anyway, the runaway uh, to paradise cruise will take place on the Norwegian Jade from October. I'm sorry, April 12th to the 16th on a round trip cruise from Miami to Nassau. They're also going to do the same cruise. Uh, on August 26th to the 30th on the Norwegian Pearl on a round trip from uh, Barcelona to Palma de Malacorsa, Mal- Mallorca, sorry, Malorca, Mallorca in Spain. So you got one version out of Miami to the Caribbean and one in the Mediterranean, John Bon Jovi, is covering a lot of ground. Both of these will feature a full concert 
from John Bon Jovi, backed up by an 11 piece band called the Kings of Suburbia. All right, so he's going a little Bruce here, it looks like. Big band, a lot of people, suburban New Jersey. Sounds like he's, you know, in his in his later years, turning a little bit into the boss, maybe. There will be uh, meet and greets, acoustic shows in more intimate settings where the Grammy-winning singer will uh, tell you about the origin of some of his more prominent hits. There will also be what Norwegian is calling a secondary artist on board. I bet those acts will be delighted to hear themselves referred to as that, right? From <laughs> when they were eight years old, they pick up their first guitar. I'm sure that was their dream. Mom, Dad. I want to be a secondary artist on a Norwegian cruise ship one day. <laughs> there will also be opportunities for passengers to sample uh, Hampton Water Rose. Uh, wow. We're going from working on the docks and living on a prayer to Rosé. <laughs> John Bon Jovi has a Rosé out there where um, that he started with his son, I believe. Uh, also on board will be pop- a pop-up version of the JBJ Soul Kitchen, which is a non-profit community uh, restaurant which serves both paying customers and those who can't pay. So, um, you know, for regular, you know, guests who are, they got their act together, you can go in and enjoy a meal there and a portion of that will go to uh, the homeless people and uh, they also have a charity end of it where, you know what, if you can't pay, there is a, you know, I don't know how that works, but there's some sort of a menu, sort of like a soup kitchen type of a feel where you can get nourishment for free. Uh, guests on the ship will have to pay. There won't be the uh, free version on the ship. We're assuming you're on a cruise. You got a little change in your pocket, so uh, <laughs> there's no soup kitchens on this thing, but uh, it will go towards John Bon Jovi's Soul Foundation. It's an interesting and a unique concept, in my opinion. Uh, nevertheless, an absolutely great cause. Uh, the Bahama sailing starts at 18.95 per person, and the Mediterranean itinerary will be starting at $2,221 per person. Uh, no word on whether that is a sail away price or a standard price not sure all right that's it for the cruise news let's get into the main topic for the show all right so when we're cruising about the caribbean or wherever our favorite destination is we know that these amazing journeys we take would not be possible if not for the hard-working well-trained staff aboard the ship we're on. I thought it would be cool to do a show that would sort of detail who is who and what it pertains to some of the higher-ranking men and women who are responsible for getting us from rock to rock safely while making sure our experience as guests is enjoyable as possible. And uh, I wanted to basically kind of Set a, set a show aside to kind of give you the who's who and what's what. Um, cruise ships follow a chain of command that is sort of a cross between, I don't know, you might want to call it a corporation or a military organization, uh, while the cruise line you are sailing with is, quote-unquote, the owner of the corporation, you have the captain, and the captain would kind of be, I guess, maybe the president or the CEO. The captain does have a group of high-ranking officers that report directly to him, just like any, you know, military organization or any corporation would have as well and they would be sort of maybe compared to uh, called the vice president vice presidents in like a corporate structure now these positions and rankings will vary from ship to ship 
obviously you have these basic ships that are you know whatever 75 to 95,000 ton ships but you know they maybe they were built in the early 2000s and uh you know they don't necessarily have the most technologically advanced systems on there they'll be way different from a 165,000 ton ship from let's say 3 years ago with some of the most advanced attractions available There's way more moving parts to monitor, way more people, and the chain of command would have to adjust for that. But in general, you're going to have the captain, you're going to have his or her main officers, and and then you're going to have the department heads under that. And job titles can sometimes vary based on the actual category that we're looking at and the cruise lines themselves, and the lines can blur as to who outranks who. But in most cases, what you'll find is that uh, there are gray areas uh, and, and it is common practice for officers and department heads to kind of like, uh, I guess, work parallel with each other. But what is most efficient and what they do is pretty much stay in their lanes and focus on their areas of responsibility. So those gray areas don't really come into place where you have, you know, quote unquote, pissing competitions and people trying to figure out who outranks who and who has to listen to who. Uh, staff members uh, rank doesn't only dictate what their responsibilities are while they're on duty rank will also dictate what type of limit living accommodations you'll have when you're on board uh, they'll also tell you where you go to get your meals uh, what your emergency duty would be in the in the event of uh, you know we had to kind of take action there and an interesting one here it also dictates whether or not you can gain access to the passenger facilities. Uh, So all that is based on rank. Let's talk stripes. Now, the officers of each department will be given stripes, and those stripes are color-coded. So if you see a guy with uh, black and gold stripes, that is the deck department, and that goes from the captain on down. Um, You'll see people in the engine department, and those are people who are responsible for making the ship go, but also making sure all the technology and all the... uh, electronics and all the mechanics of the ship you know even the stuff that's you know out there for your entertainment that's the engine department and you'll see them you'll be able to identify them with purple and gold stripes now the people most directly responsible for your enjoyment and entertainment on the cruise is the hotel department and they will have white and gold stripes and then you have your medical department and their stripes will be red and gold Also significant is the number of stripes an officer has. A captain, you will see, has four black and gold stripes. Now you have the hotel director, who's a big shot on the ship, obviously. Uh, Despite being outranked by the captain, obviously, also may have four stripes. As mentioned, those stripes would be white and gold. The cruise director, doctor, food and beverage manager, HR director, customer service director, they all report to the hotel director, and most of them you're going to see three stripes. Um, Any issues you should have on board. So uh, they should be taken up with your direct superior, and it's more than frowned upon in most circumstances. We'll talk about the exception in a second to jump command and bring an issue to someone above your direct superior. Uh, Like I said, obviously there are exceptions, and here's I guess a couple of examples of what would happen if the chain of command on a cruise ship should break down. Now, you got an issue on a cruise ship, you know, uh, you're always getting scheduled bad or somebody's being rude to you or uh, you hurt yourself on the job. Nobody seems to. So if the direct superior that you report to is not handling this issue or in which case 
they may be the problem. Maybe your direct superior is a complete slave-driving asshole, and uh, you know they're giving you a hard time, and you're not being treated fairly by your direct superior. It may sometimes be appropriate to jump that command and take it up with their supervisor. Now, the only thing I would say about this is uh, when you do it, <laughs> make sure you're right. You know what I mean. You don't want to uh, be. Uh, you don't want to be just in your feelings about things and kind of feeling like you were wronged or she's having a little bit of a thin skin and then you jump command and now you know you thought you were being mistreated this time now you, good luck going forward so if you're going to jump command on a cruise ship you got to make sure you're right uh, staff can also go directly to hr at any time as well and they will sort of be like a little bit of a different department and they'll do their best to resolve any issue that might be happening on the cruise ship um, there's a lot of talk from cruise ship employees or former employees, and sometimes they complain about the overly structured setup on board because everything is so militaristic, and it's like this goes to this person, and this, and you can't eat here if you don't do this, and you can't talk to this guy if you don't have this stripe on, and you don't go. Um, when you do take a step back, you do have to realize that this is basically a community. I mean, it's almost like a government, almost like a planet unto itself when you're on a cruise ship. It sounds crazy, but think about it. At any given time, there could be hundreds, sometimes thousands of nautical miles from anything else that matters for the crew and the passengers on the ship. Um, have you guys ever thought about that? It, it's part of, for me, it's part of why I love cruising. Um you're going on adventures. You have, just think about when you're sitting on this vessel. You have sometimes 5,000 feet below you. You know what I mean? 10,000, a couple of miles below you. You have nothing but the stars above you, pitch black all around you besides the stars, and anything, anything that could save you if there's an emergency is directly on that ship. So, so to me, it just shouldn't be lost on us how important that chain of command is. And if it does seem ridiculous and over the top and the you know the overly structured, you know you have to consider those things. Let's get into some of the specific duties of some of the top brass that are on cruise ships. Now, we mentioned before the most important and highest ranking human being on any cruise ship is the captain. However. When you hear that, you have to keep a few things in mind. While, yes, the captain does have final say as it pertains to all operations and ultimately the safety of every soul on board, there is a sort of an, another side to that pendulum. While the ship uh, goes as the captain says the ship goes, uh, while they are at sea, it's important to keep in mind that the captain is an employee of the cruise line. Now, major decisions made by the captain are analyzed by the powers that be at the cruise line, and those decisions are what dictates whether or not the captain remains in a particular cruise line's employee, right? It makes sense. Captain calls the shots while they're at sea, but you know what? It's almost like a baseball game. You know, the manager at a baseball team has... The autonomy to do whatever he wants, pull whatever strings he wants, uh, substitute pitchers, uh, put pinch hitters up, uh, you know, argue balls and strikes, move players around the field in the position he feels most most uh, appropriate, and the owner or general manager will not interfere with him. However, at the end of the day, that body of work is looked at, and if those decisions didn't seem to make sense, they will be ousted. And... Uh, 
that's not going to that's not that's no different for the cruise lines there's usually highly educated well trained re- respectable professional people uh, so the turnover rate is low captains usually are able to keep their jobs but there have been issues which we'll, we will get into where captains have made notoriously poor decisions and there have been serious not only employment repercussions but uh, legal repercussions we all think we all know about we're talking about mostly that Costa Concordia uh, sh- captain who abandoned his ship and got on a life raft while there was still half a ship left on on the on on the Costa Concordia and he was ordered by whatever whatever pilot or whatever cruise ship version of ground control was to order to get back on the vessel and he did not he left and I think he's in jail right now uh, so as we said, a ship captain is the final authority for everyone on board, including officers, mates, crew, and passengers. The captain communicates with other vessels. He oversees the treatment of waste and is responsible for limiting pollution as much as possible. He's uh, also responsible for ensuring cargo, uh, making sure it's stowed in accordance to maritime regulations. But what trumps all duties? If you had to pick one duty of the captain that superseded all others, that would be easy, and it would be to ensure the safety of everyone on board. But if you want to get a little bit more specific, he also has to properly use the navigational technology to direct the piloting of the ship. That's a misconception. The, The captain very rarely ever drives the ship himself. He's just kind of managing the navigation, and someone else is actually operating the controls. Um, the uh, Also, he must effectively observe potential hazards and avoid them. So, yeah, even though he's not driving a ship, if there's an iceberg ahead and we hit it, it's technically it's on him. Uh, must effectively communicate with other vessels in the area at a given time. The captain has to ex- have extensive knowledge of all maritime protocols and regulations and follow all of them to the T. Uh, that's got to be very, very... Uh, can you imagine how much uh, schooling and hours you have to kind of have, or at least a really, really big book sitting next to you at all times? Part of keeping everyone safe is to also make sure that the maintenance is kept up. And while others... Uh, in many departments are directly responsible for doing this, the captain is responsible to oversee that they're overseeing that it's getting done. Uh, same thing for the engineer and propulsion. While there is a, a, a chief engineer on board, board who is a very high-ranking officer on the ship in his own right, but all of it will, you know, fall under the umbrella of the captain's areas of responsibilities. The cruise ships will have a number of documents, certifications that are designed to assure the vessel is in compliance with any number of jurisdictions and government agencies and uh, making sure it's seaworthy. And the captain's job is to see that they are up to date and kept where they're supposed to be, whether they're displayed somewhere or whether they're on file. Captain's got to make sure all the documentation it's like running a small business or business in general you got to have all that stuff and you got to be in compliance adhering to the vessel's security plan is another responsibility of the captain including procedures for stowaways refugees hijackers pirates terrorist threats as well as conducting searches and maintaining restricted areas uh the captain is also has to make sure that you know if you've ever gotten rudely woken up by the eight beeps on a sea day because you know what you decided not to get off the ship and then there's freaking crew members running around in jumpsuits putting out fake fires 
<laughs> that's also, you know, captain has to oversee that and make sure that is getting done. Captain blows that off. There's an emergency. It's amazing. I said it on one of the other podcasts that, like, they tirelessly, the mustard, between the mustard drill, between the drills, you know, they tirelessly drill and work and practice and, 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 and I guess do exercises for literally something that probably happens once a century. That might be a little bit of an exaggeration, but the, for the amount of when you weigh in how many cruise ships go out there a day, a week, a month, a year, over the years, how many times the lifeboats had to be deployed, how many times you had to run around and shut down compartments and put fires out. It has happened here and there. But over the course, you know, maybe it's a little bit more than you think because a lot of times they don't make news of it. But I, I don't think so. I'd say it's just something that they practice tirelessly on every single cruise for something that literally never, ever, ever happens. So I think that's good, though. That kind of gives me a little bit of a comfort and shows you the dedication that they have to safety. And, uh, you know, it's another reason why I'm going to keep on cruising. I need a cruise, guys. <laughs> I know it's in me, man. I can't help it. I just love cruising, and uh, despite the fact that I just got off twenty-one days at sea, I'm ready for another cruise. All right. So, in addition to all these crucial behind-the-scenes duties that the uh, passengers don't have to have any knowledge about, as it pertains specifically to the captain, uh, he or she also has some social responsibilities as well. The captain is a, a little bit of a political figurehead while you're on board they're expected to communicate and socialize at certain events like the captain's dinner some of the meet and greets and some of the certain some of the events that could be considered high profile events with their vip or frequent cruisers um, or even celebrities that are on board for special sailings or at the christenings you know when you'll have the godmother or godfather or whoever it is coming on board and uh, the captain is usually right in the mix of all of that um Cruise ship captains must complete a post-secondary education at a merchant marine academy or gain 1,000 hours as a deckhand. So it's almost like a four-year bachelor's degree or uh, experience or or related or or five years or ten years related experience, I guess, in that regard. So um, the post-grad education at a merchant marine academy provides coursework in naval science mathematics and science, specialized sea training, and finally, internships giving real-world experience. So I don't know how you guys feel about it. I want my captain going through all that and then some, and it's good to see that they do. Captain is like a, uh, like I said, just that's the guy. That's the guy. That's the girl on the ship. That is everybody wants the picture with. Everybody wants to know. I'm in their hands. It's almost like um, just a very, very respectable position. All right. The, then captain's tip typically uh, begin working on smaller after they have their internship they begin working on smaller ships or even cargo ships that are responsible for a less amount of people and as they gain experience they begin working the larger cruise ships and the larger ships in general and if you're curious the average salary for a cruise ship captain is about take a guess what do you guys think I'll give you a minute what do you think the average salary for a cruise ship captain is well, it's around $150,000 per year. All right, let's move it on down and literally down, not too far down because this is a very, very important role in the ship, and that is the chief engineer. The chief engineer is responsible for the entire technical operation of the vessel, which includes engineering, it includes electrical, and all 
mechanical divisions. This is the highest ranking officer in the engine department and one of the most important figures in the marine operation division of the ship. You can't mess around. Think about it. You know, the captain knows everything that's going on. He's the macro person, the end all and be all when it comes to entertainment, when it comes to doing meet and greets, when it comes to rules, regulations, driving the ship. The chief engineer make sure everything works properly so the captain can do his job. Think of him as basically the captain of all things that are meant to function properly on the vessel. While he technically will report to the captain, he has a working knowledge of all aspects to the ship that the captain would not have. He wouldn't have the slightest clue about how to get his hands dirty and go in. Well, maybe he would. A good captain probably would have some working knowledge of it, but you wouldn't rely on him to hold that position. Uh, nor should you. It's not designed to be that way. In most cases, uh, the captain would not even think about interfering with the chief engineer as it comes to fixing things on the ship. Uh, you know, of all of of all varying degrees of importance. That's not to say that the captain doesn't remain in the loop and ultimately sign off on what the chief engineer does. It's just a little bit of a different lane. And in many ways, some people will say that his or her significance on board the ship actually rivals the importance of what the captain does. And, uh, you know, again, captain's the captain. You can't mess with the captain, but it's something to that. You know what I mean? You can't, you're not you're not running an effective cruise ship without a good chief engineer. Um, <clears throat> assisted by his or her subordinates, officers, um, you know, who are the staff chief engineer, the chief electrical engineer, the chief refrigeration engineer, the hotel service engineer, he or she makes sure that the systems and equipment within every subdivision of the engine department are operating correctly and are maintained up to the highest possible standards of the cruise line and can't forget about you know the cruise lines one thing but you also have the international regulations as well now these areas of responsibility uh they all include but it doesn't stop here uh all engines the generators the electrical systems the power systems all communication systems the uh, hvac you got plumbing think about all this stuff that you like plumbing how important is plumbing on a cruise ship i mean you does that ever i don't know does that ever go through your mind, all these people crapping? <laughs> Where is it going? Yeah, they have. Uh, he, he oversees that. Uh, lifeboats as well. Any other moving parts across the ship you can think of that involve mechanics, electricity, that's the chief engineer. The chief engineer also needs to make sure the staff chief engineer, who is basically his deputy, uh, for lack of better terms, or other higher-ranking staff in the engineer department are fully trained and able to to take over his or her responsibilities if necessary. So if the chief engineer goes down, that's a problem. And you have to make sure that the other people are trained to step up to the plate. Um, in order to become a cruise ship chief engineer, one must fulfill the following criteria. You have to have a national certificate of competency. You'd have to have a master's degree or polytechnical degree of technical ships operation. Uh, you'll have to have strong leadership skills and previous cruise ship experience as a senior engine officer. And you will have to have excellent verbal and written command of the English language. Anybody want to guess what a chief engineer would make? Give you a minute for that. Take your time. And your guess is? If you said $110,000 per year, now that's the average. Keep in mind, there's probably some that make more that are the veterans and probably some that make less, which are the people fresh out of uh, training. 
While safety is by far the main concern for anyone who works on a cruise ship, whether it be officers, staff, or crew, the previous described positions that we just went over are less about the entertainment and enjoyment of the actual guest and more in the area of functionality. This next officer we're going to cover is pretty much the end-all and be-all for the overall guest experience, and that is the hotel director who is directly under the captain as an officer, but directly oversees the food and beverage manager, the head chef, the chief of housekeeping, the casino manager, the head of concessions, and the cruise director. The hotel director on the cruise ships is responsible for making sure all aspects of the guest experience is up to par. He or she has to effectively communicate with and hold regular meetings with all the departments I just mentioned. Uh, The hotel director must be fully aware of all safety uh, procedures as they pertain to every guest in every venue on the ship. They have to act as a bit of a liaison between the hotel staff and the marine employees, and they are responsible for monitoring the handling of all cash, uh, all goods that are received from any orders made. They have to check that in. Um, The hotel director is also responsible to keep the ship in pristine condition and ready for all third-party inspections. These are big jobs, ladies and gentlemen. He or she must regularly conduct their own inspections to ensure that they are ready for the real thing. He or she also has to maintain communication with the shoreside managers for various reasons from a booking and auditing standpoint. This way, there are no overbookings, which can happen, and we've seen it happen. Uh, special guest requests, if you have a big shot on board who's spending a lot of money and you want to make sure that they're taken care of, you know, the hotel director is going to have to personally see to it that it's done and followed through upon. And, uh, you know, basically making sure everybody is getting exactly what they are paying for. And this is not just so everybody's smiling at the end of the cruise this is also that the books are balanced you know what i mean um at least what they're guaranteed to get nothing more nothing less what you have to do is think about profitability on each sailing remember the cruise industry is not a highly profit driven industry it's more of a volume driven industry so these audits are very very important any mistake that seems like a small amount Uh, can affect their profit margin when you double it over a larger scale. So a lot of efficiency. It's almost like if you're in carpentry. If you measure something and it's off by a quarter of an inch, that's going to set the whole house off. You have to make sure all your same thing with the profitability. If you have a system that's in place that's broken, even if it's by a little bit and it's costing you a couple of dollars, you multiply that over multiple departments, multiple sailings, multiple cruise ships, that could lead to a large, large chunk of money in what we already said is not a highly profit-driven area. It's a volume-driven area, unlike the restaurant industry, which is a profit-driven, you know what I mean? It's a profit-driven business where, you know what I mean, a lot of managers will overlook the fact that, you know, you overpour here and, you know, you give a little bit of something there, you give away this, you give away that because your profits are so high in that type of business. You have to be very, very efficient on a cruise ship to even turn a profit, and not all cruise sailings turn a profit. There was a uh, cool little um, documentary, uh, uh, High Stake, what is it? It was on, uh, I believe it was a business channel. I'm going to put a link to that on Facebook. Profit on the High Seas. It was an, it, They went on a Norwegian sailing. And they just tracked the money. And I think this particular sailing did make money, but it was 
touch and go till the end. They did a bunch of flash sales and stuff like that on onboard experiences and uh, you know products, and, and and they were able to make a profit, I think. Uh, but I'm going to watch this again. I'm actually kind of fascinated to it again. Point of, point of the story is you have to be efficient because it's a it's a volume driven. You're having all these sailings and all these ships out there, so you eventually make some money. You're not making uh, the money that you think on each sailing because of so much of the overhead. Um, so if you want to be a hotel director on a cruise ship, you're going to have to have five to ten years of related experience. It's going to depend on the cruise line and the ship, uh, but it's going to have to be with a five-star resort or other equivalent experience on a cruise ship. You'll have to have um, experience as either a general manager, associate hotel director, or a hotel director uh, on another cruise line that you know you've already been on and gotten most of that most of that experience from you'll have to have a tremendous eye for detail you'll have to be an effective resource allocator strategic planner you're going to have to be a good staffer have a good eye for who's you know who's efficient who's not you have to be a a very strong event coordinator and of course you're at the top of the food chain when it comes to that type of stuff so good leadership skills are going to be uh, a must and much much more guys i'm barely scratching the surface of what these people have to do but i'm hopefully giving you a good i guess step back parameter outline of just how much they have to take on um all right, let's move over to the uh, deck department. Uh, and I think, oh, well, their uh, salaries are in around the six figure range between 90 grand and 110 grand, you know, sometimes more, sometimes less. Now, as we said before, there's a bunch of different departments that are underneath the hotel director, but there's one that we should probably focus on just a little bit because uh, they have a little bit more of a high profile, high impact uh, position, and that is that of uh, cruise director, who is very, very visible throughout the ship. The position of cruise director is one that is worked up to uh, after having been a cruise staff and assistant cruise director for a while member of the entertainment staff usually because like I said you have to be good with the microphone a lot of times you could tell when you're on a ship and you see the cruise director you could tell which kind of uh, avenue they came up through whether it was just like more like entertainment staff whether it was sometimes it's somebody in the um, you know the entertainment department whether they were the piano person or the a, a show person just an excellent community Communicator, uh, a lot of charisma is really what it takes, and and to be very very driven as well. The cruise director is also usually an individual that has had experience um, doing the entertaining on the staff, and possibly the lead entertainer on a cruise ship. The cruise director position is largely administrative as well, and they are responsible to direct all of the entertainment functions on the cruise. Most likely they will still perform a couple of sh- uh, they will still perform a couple of shows each cruise. The assistant cruise director helps them in the planning and carrying out of the necessary activities. Uh, what the cruise director is going to have to do specifically is plan out the schedules uh, for the entertainers and the speakers. They're going to have to I mean the biggest job they have pretty much is socializing with the passengers they a lot of them often say it's their goal to meet every single passenger and maybe give a high five or say hi or whatever to every single passenger um training the cruise director entertainment staff so they got to do the training because they ideally they've done that before uh they have to stay familiar with a lot of the safety issues as well as does everybody in the cruise ship and uh they have to handle a lot of the passenger and a lot of the crew issues as well. And they'll have to go to a lot of the events. And a lot of the main events, if, if, if the 
the events of the day you'll see on your little cruise ship, whether it's the compass, the fun times, or the um, the uh, the the what's the one for Norwegian? The fun times is carnival. The uh, cruise compass is um, is 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 Royal Caribbean. Oh, the freestyle daily for Norwegian. So they have to be all over the place. So an overview of the uh, chain of command. You have the captain at the top. Directly under the captain, you will have the uh, chief engineer. You'll have the hotel director. And uh, then below them, you'll have the second engineer. You'll have the AC engineer under the engine department. That's That'll be the chief engineer. Under, under the captain directly is the first, second, and third officer. That's who reports directly to the captain. And then under the hotel department, Directly reporting to them will be the cruise director, the food and beverage manager, the chief of housekeeping, the chief purser handling the cash, the casino manager, and the concessions manager. And then you have all sorts of other uh, crucial front lines duties, but we'll save that for another time. If you guys have any questions or any, you know, you've you've seen some things to be different on your experiences or if you've have experiences on a cruise ship and you've seen things done in a different way than the way we've just kind of laid out, let me know. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com and uh we will definitely read that on the air. So I just like I said, I just wanted to give you guys a little bit of an overview of the who's who and what's what. I find myself in those discussions all the time. So who's that guy? Does he report to him? Because you get on the cruise ship and you think basically uh you know the captain's the guy. You know the captain's the man. And I was like, "All right. I just remember uh the cruise director because you think the cruise director is like the boss and i remember being on my first cruise and the cruise director says well you know it's my mom's birthday today and the captain let me use his phone i'm like i thought you were like you and the captain were like partners in this whole thing and then then you find out you know people are curious about that they want to know who does what who reports to who and who are the most important people on this ship and if you're a cruise nerd like we all are that stuff is kind of stuff that you might be interested in. And uh, that's about it. All right. Let's get into your listener email. All right, Cones, we are back. And to many of you, this is your favorite portion of the show, the listener emails. Email me, Tommy, at alwaysbebooked.com with any questions, concerns, corrections, comments that you have, and we will be sure to read it on the air. So here we go. Hi, Tommy. I need to respond to a few emails from the Sherry Show. Okay, that was the Sherry Show is when we had Sherry from Cruise Tips TV on, and that was a couple of emails during the show. Number one, the theme song is amazing. Truly, well done. Change nothing. How can a fan not like the song? So many inside jokes, so well produced. Number two, your balance between country, hip-hop, and other genres is perfect. ABC is not a philosophy for me, referring to ABC being anything but country, which many people take as a... uh philosophy for the type of music they listen to. All right, number three, the email about naming prototypical guests is exactly what we do. All right, they are referring to a last show email where, I forgot, what was it? Debbie, whatever. So somebody named a, a ship that had a prototypical character, a Long Island, uh, loud, obnoxious person, you know, not unlike myself, <laughs> who you just kind of like know on the ship and they make they make themselves ultra aware and everything's a big production. And, uh, you know, so you name that person and then you look for that person by the name you've given them on that one ship and you look for that. So that's what he's referring to here. Our recent cruise was out of Miami. There were so few normal people on this ship. Wait, did I say normal people? I meant Californians. Sorry. 
It is always a blast to watch the Long Islanders whine and complain their way across the cruise ship. I will now call them Janet. Okay, that's what they were. So Janet's the name of the person uh, who we were, we were talking about. I cringe in embarrassment every I cringe in embarrassment as we cross the Caribbean. Juan, Juan, regularly contributed to the show. Juan's the man, the best. Juan has a PS for us. Aruba hint: When doing a snorkel cruise in Antil- Antilla, Antia, Antilla, uh, shipwreck, and other sites, Jolly Pirates is insanely popular. We took it and enjoyed ourselves. But my hint is to not go with Jolly Pirates. They are so well known that the two sailboats are packed to the gills. Rather, I suggest taking a tour on the ship Lady Black with sailaway tours. It's the exact same type of sailboat. They leave at the same time and go to the exact same spots. When you are doing the rope swing on the Jolly Pirate, they are doing their rope swing. The only difference is that the deck of their sailboat is nearly empty, while the Jolly Pirate boats are packed. Well, Juan, not after this email. Um... All right, little hint, because Juan knew I was going to Aruba, and uh, I did not do the snorkeling, but that's uh, so they get Jolly Pirates, and I've seen them, definitely, but then they have um, they have this other one, which is called Lady Black, and you can kind of skip some lines and have a little bit more of a, I guess, intimate experience on that. Thank you so much, Juan, for that tip, and yes, that is hysterical regarding the uh, Janet thing as well. Um, all right, uh, moving on, quick one. From Earl, he says, listening now, I so agree that these ships are the perfect sized ships. The Megas don't have soul. Now, I don't know what you were talking about and what I was saying when I was saying that these ships are the perfect sized ships, but I agree with the last part of it. The Megas are incredible. And again, I say it again. I enjoy them for the experience. I am so glad I went on two Oasis-class cruises. I would do it again in a heartbeat, uh, probably uh, for a very high discount or free again. I know, you know, with every cruise, you learn a little bit more about your cruising self, don't you? And uh, some people might like that. Some people might just like, you know, if I had a family, kids and stuff like that, I would probably love an Oasis-class ship because they could just kind of go from one thing to the other, to the other, to the other. It's like cruise cruise directors. They like the uh, mega ships too because a lot of times they don't have to <laughs> do a lot because the the guests or kids like you know so the parents to the kids are like what we cones are to the cruise director and he doesn't have to watch over us and kind of hold our hand through the whole thing because we're flow riding we're doing this uh, you know this water slide or we're experiencing this you know sky ride or the go-karts and we don't necessarily have to have him holding our hand through the whole cruise ship so that's the advantage of a mega ship, but the smaller ships, or not even the smaller ships. I like large ships. Let's just—that's the category I like. Large, not mega, because the large ships—they uh, do have soul and they do have a feel to them, and they do have a heartbeat and a pulse to them. Whereas the mega ships, to me, are just a little bit more, you know, about as cruise director Dan Dan would say about the hardware and not the software. Moving on. Hey, Tommy, so glad you're going on the horizon. How could you pass that up? Looking forward to hearing about this cruise. I want to book a Southern Caribbean cruise for next year. So excited. Hope you have have a blast. Kristen. Kristen, I did have a blast. Told you about the couple of issues we did have. And I told you about the couple of issues I did have with Carnival in particular on that. And that's just me being honest. But yes, I was away for eight days with good friends, good time. We didn't do laundry. We didn't cook. 
we didn't spend money on these types of things either. And we saw some of the most exotic destinations in the Caribbean, Southern Caribbean run. And we had a blast. I highly, highly recommend it, Kristen. It was a great time. Despite if you listen to the podcast, I know going back on that, let's touch on that for a second. I know I was a little hard on Carnival. There were some issues, man. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not going to not, I'm not going to skirt away from the issues. And, uh, Again, I try to do the best I can of prefacing everything as saying I did not or have not ever had a bad cruise. But there were some times when it was less than at the expectations I was hoping for. You get in the right mindset. All these things, they are what you make of it. So you say, okay, you know what? I'm at the F pool. I was here three years ago. It was very, very peaceful and enjoyable. Now there's 15 kids screaming. Eh, You know what? You just readjust your, uh, I guess, tolerance for what you accept at sea. And you know what? Remind yourself that look around. You smell in the air. You're having a drink in your hand. You're eating good food. And you're with friends. That's the most important thing. You're You're with your friends. All right. Tommy, I am listening to your newest podcast about your latest cruise to Cuba. You mentioned your friend using an app to see a shuttle launch. We are taking our family on our first family cruise next February, and my daughter is an astronomy buff. She would love to see a shuttle launch in Florida while we were there. I'd love to know the name of that app. Thanks for a great podcast. I've been listening since the start. I always have to listen all the way to the end just so I can hear where the boat leaves from. It makes me smile. Now, while you do that, I'm going to try to talk to you and text my friend who has that app and uh, also agree with you because um, that song does the same thing for me. Uh, Where the Boat Leaves From, that's why it's the song that's in the beginning. Even if you listen to the theme song, the new theme song, the backbeat is the same thing. It's just the drum and bass beat from Where the Boat Leaves From. Now, one day when I get to a level, they're going to tell me I can't use that song anymore. (laughs) But until then, I'm going to continue to use it. I'm going to text him now. What is that NASA app? He's um works till about 6 in the morning, so he's probably sleeping right now as we're in the early afternoon of uh, Monday. So uh, when he gets back to me, I will definitely let you know. Hopefully it is while we're still doing that. And that email is from Lydia. Lydia, thanks for listening so much. And yeah, where the boat leaves from. And a lot of Zach Brown songs are just about being away and putting just a smile on your face. P.S. What are your thoughts on Aerosmith? Good question. I love Aerosmith. Aerosmith is in one of my, I would say, are they top 10? They could be top 10. My top five are pretty much Eric Church, Prince, uh, Billy Joel, Kenny Chesney, and um, oh, who knows what my top five are. I don't know. I I have a pretty wide range of collective take, taste in music, but Aerosmith, you just talk about their catalog, their body of work. Aerosmith and Kid Rock are two acts that I have not seen live that I really, really would like to. And Aerosmith is interesting, too, because they have a bunch of different, um, I guess, versions of Aerosmith. You have the old-school classic rock version of Aerosmith, very, very popular. And then you have like that, what is it, early 90s resurgence of Aerosmith, which is more like hard rock but popular hard rock with, um, you know, Janie's Got a Gun, Love in an Elevator. You know what song I like? Those slow songs that uh, crazy with uh, Alicia Silverstone in the videos and his daughter that he discovered was his daughter late in life, uh, Liv, Ty- Liv Tyler. 
um and then um crazy great song and then also uh amazing i think is another one that's a great one too so i love aerosmith i think they're awesome and i think uh yeah they fall under the radar a little bit sometimes but i definitely want to see them live and i would like to see kid rock live too which i just missed the opportunity to do two days ago here in west palm beach but hey listen there's other priorities we can't always run and do the things we want to do hopefully soon all right let's see here all right we have a um long email here this is a long one and i may skip over some parts of it but let's go down and see who this is from uh this is basically an entire cruise review and it is from jeez this person went in jerome what's up jerome how you doing all right so jerome gave us a uh a, a big long review and i'm gonna read some of it or maybe all of it depending upon how fast we get through so I may try to speed read this. Uh, pardon me if I do. Scrolling all the way back up. Uh, the reason for booking. I was taking a summer off to spend time with my children. Wanted to end it with a bang. We chose the glory because my kids are crazy about cruise director Brittany. Oh, so this is a cruise director driven cruise. Uh, unfortunately, she left prior to the vacation. So you didn't get to see... Uh, Brittany. Pre-cruise, we splurged and stayed at the SLX Luxel in Brickle, Miami. We, fr- we arrived a few days early. We enjoyed some time at the beach, but mostly hung out at the rooftop pool in the luxurious room. We parked on the street during the hotel stay because I found that they don't give out tickets in Brickle. However, I did not want to change the parking for an entire week. We used safe cruise parking, which was around seven days, and we had a free shuttle. Uh, I don't know what that is. If safe cruise parking, which was around a $7 a day. Uh, let us know a little bit more about that safe cruise parking. Put it up in the Facebook Ultra Lounge if you don't mind, Jerome. Uh, we uh, boarded immediately while the other guests hid during a torrential rain. Oh, so yeah, so you got one of those Florida rainstorms. We arrived at the terminal and quickly unloaded our bags. While the rain continued to come down, we flew through security and check-in where we were also cleared out due to... They were cleared out due to people waiting out in the rain. Um I'm sorry. We flew through security and check-in, which were also cleared out due to people waiting out in the rain. Don't know what that means. We parked at uh, 12.15 and we're on the boat <laughs> at 12.55. Boat, it's a spoiler there. Uh, I realized that uh, we were aided by the rain. And when I say spoiler, it's, he, he says something else about that, so I won't ruin what he says later. I realized we were aided by the rain, but the best time ever for par- parking off-site uh, to walking on the ship. So you broke a record there. Ship thoughts. Uh, Carnival Glory. And Carnival Glory, again, Carnival Glory is not at the exact top of the line of the Carnival fleet. Well, let's find out what Jerome thought about it. Very well laid out ship, and I do that. See, Carnival to a fault lays their ships out very well. But to a fault, I say that because a lot of times in those you know middle class ships, they're a lot of the same. You know what I mean? They, if you see one, you've seen them all. The ship was pretty empty. Apparently, quite a few people had missed because of the airport not letting flights in because of the rain. The restaurants were nice. They seemed to never be overcrowded. Well, yeah, because half the cruise ship (laughs) missed the ship. Uh, The main atrium was nice, and much of the activities took place there and could fill up on many levels. And it could fill up on many levels to be tough to navigate during the event. So I guess when the events happened in the main atrium, uh, it got a little crowded. The theater was small, but nicely... uh, 
nice and well equipped. The buffet was segmented and kind of confusing at times. I think Carnival, yeah, they might have done something different with their buffet concepts. Um, any information on that, let me know. Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. The back pool with the cover was nice. It was all adult and usually had people, but never overly crowded, except for the port side where the pizza place was. There was usually a good line there. The starboard side featured the seafood shack, and was usually empty, yeah, because you had to pay for it. Uh, the sports courts and mini golf were small but adequate. The pool is where the glory shined, a wide-open expanse of multi-level seating and a large open pool flanked by two bars, a burrito bar, and Guy's Burger. Uh, the spa was not near the level of the Norwegian. Yeah, exactly. Norwegian kills it with those spots. But it had free steam and sauna, which are unfortunately unisex. The kids were small but offered a play area outside. The serenity area was very nice with swings, clamshells, two jacuzzis, uh, the front of the boat, and a bar. Now, that's interesting what you just said, Jerome. So um, the back pool was adults only, even though it's not the real nice aft, you know, those mid those mid carnival classes they have an aft pool but it is kind of covered it's it's open but it's covered around so that a retractable roof can get there so you can't see a direct line if you're in the pool you don't necessarily get a direct line of the horizon but it's still better than nothing it's an adult area which is weird that it's an adult area because and I can't keep up but carnival had said that the only adult only aft pools remaining will be where there's not a serenity deck now this ship has a serenity deck which is adults only and they kept the back pool adults only which is encouraging because maybe maybe just maybe they'll go back to adults only aft pools maybe not all right food We ate in the main dining room six nights and never had a wait. We enjoyed the roving magician and shows. The food was good, the service was fast, and my mind was blown. Uh, This was the best main dining room I've seen, and I've, I've, and I've cruised. Sorry, this was the best main dining room I've seen since I cruised in the eighties. Okay, so they used to do it really big in the eighties, and he's saying that now. They stepped back up, and it's a little bit of a throwback. I'm guessing the lack of people really affected this side, and we did not enjoy the morning buffet, which was a cluster F, every mor- as every morning was. On port days, we ate at the Blue Iguana Burrito Bar, and on sea days, we loved the dining room of breakfast. Lunch was dominated by Guy's Burger and drinks by the pool. We scattered some barbecue from the upstairs at the buffet. Oh, okay, so they had that upstairs at the buffet and some of the carnival ships. They have that comfort food section with the rotisserie chicken and the mac and cheese and stuff like that. Sounds like this ship had it as well. And then pizza to round out the deliciousness. So we're happy about the food here. Ports. I, unlike you, enjoy great beach days, especially when I'm with the kids. They're happy playing. I'm out sitting, enjoying the breeze, the surf, some cocktails, and some lady tail. (laughs) Very very subtle, Jerome. So the stops worked out well. First stop, Grand Cayman. We took a taxi, Seven Mile Beach. Very nice. We enjoyed great morning at the beach. And around noon, the clouds began to pile up. So we headed back to uh, virtually no line for the tenders and return. That's a move. You got to get to those tenders before the line hits uh, and return to the boat to enjoy some kid fun and the alcohol package. The second stop was Roatan, and Mahogany Bay was close and nice. It provided cheap amenities and a great swim. Drinks and food on the beach were extra, but a break was needed at this point. We stayed there until late, and the boat left late that evening. The next day was Belize. The kids 
didn't want to do anything but enjoy the empty boat, so I obliged. This day, I over-enjoyed the pool and alcohol package while the kids ran free. Upon <laughs> That's the beauty of it, huh? You can't get drunk and have kids when you just had a random hotel in Miami. You don't know where those kids are going to end up. You can get drunk, have the kids, and you know they're going to be looked after on a cruise ship. Upon waking up around 9, I was informed by my daughter that she knew I was drunk because after dinner, I fell right into the bed and wouldn't wake up for two hours. I do not remember. Wait, I don't know. I, I may have misspoke. I don't know how old the kids are. I do not remember much after lunch, and I still don't remember our dinner. Wow. Jerome, you went in. I took them to the arcade to apologize for missing the karaoke that night. Okay, so you took the kids to the arcade. So they are young kids. <laughs> I don't know, Jerome. I don't, maybe we shouldn't have <laughs> wrote this. You may get a phone call. Uh, the final stop was Cozumel, and we enjoyed a very empty Playa Mia. The ceviche and asada on the buffet was delicious, and the drinks were strong. <laughs> drinks. The kids loved the water out inflatables park and water slides jerome you are a legend entertainment the cruise director jj was awesome she was very energetic and out available the rest of the cruise was deaf the rest of the cruise staff was friendly my kids loved them all they had a schedule in their pocket wrapped in their towel so they wouldn't miss a thing the deck parties at the pool were really fun but short yes exactly jerome the deck parties are short now for some reason they're really trying to get away from the the revelry at the deck parties movies by the pool were entertaining for a quiet time the kids club i'm sure was great but my son refuses to go and my daughter only goes there to meet a friend and then abandons it uh so she gets the one friend and then and then gets out of there all right i got what i came here for it's almost like the norwegian singles uh cruise the the uh, solo cruisers coordinator people make their friends and they stop going to the solo events uh the shows were cheesy but the actors were very good singers and dancers the theater staff um, always around the ship talking to guests really friendly my kids knew all their names and backstories by the end that's awesome so it sounds like you got some future professional cruisers as kids there um, I'm skipping the room I don't care about the room Sea uh, Day uh, finally Sea Day I got our noon captain's announcement he was said to he was said to inform us that we would be veering off from our normal path to go to Key West to meet the Coast Guard for a sick guest. Okay, that's unfortunate. Uh, about an hour later, the ship started calling out fire emergency teams to report to the aft. Oh, uh, I already know what's coming here. I went back to, to my room just to check on the situation and noticed that the engine sounded really loud and weird. So I did the only safe thing and stepped out back onto the aft-facing veranda. I was greeted by the spray of seawater and the big orange Coast Guard helicopter. I sprinted from my room up to the pool to grab my kids and let them know what was going on. The helicopter decided that landing on the back wouldn't be safe with the wind and seas, so a seaman dropped down and then picked up the sick passenger. They then basketed the guest, basketed as a verb, uh, and zoomed off. By the end, every single person on the boat was at the top of the deck videotaping and clapping. The DJ joked about... <laughs> DJ's joking. About this being the biggest crowd he has ever drawn. We later learned that the passenger had gone into labor. Wow. Now, I'm still confused about what happened with the engine. Maybe that was just kind of like the thrusters kicking in or just the change to the ge shifted gears. I don't know. We got to ask the chief engineer, as we now know what he does. Uh, leaving, we rose early and we were off the boat by 8.15 and through the customs six minutes later. We were on the road and really uh, feeling the cruise blues in no time. 
We really enjoyed this vacation. The Glory may not be the best and most modern ship. It does, however, leave the best staff. It does have the best staff, and we had a terrific time. The staff was great. Embarkation and debarkation were a dream. The dining room was spectacular. Was it because Tommy from Always Be Booked Travel hooked this thing up when he set up the cruise for us, or just coincidence that everything went so well? I don't know, but much like the dirty sweatshirt I wear, uh, to root on the Eagles during a winning streak, I'll be using you again for our next cruise, which I need to book soon. Thanks, Jerome. Um, Instagram, little plug for Instagram. Jerome, Jerome, Jerome's a nerd. No no uh, punctuation. Jerome's a nerd. Sorry for calling it a boat. I just like to get people stirred up sometimes. <laughs> so Jerome knows it's a ship. He was saying it the whole time, hopefully to get that little cringe factor from everybody every time they heard the word boat which uh, is already kind of implanted into me. Yes, I did book Jerome on this cruise. And yes, Jerome, I, I straightened out all this stuff. I even straightened out. I even set up the person going into labor so that, you know, there would be some drama for you and the other guests so that there'd be something to uh, videotape and uh, take pictures of and things like that. I set all that up for you to enjoy it. And I'm glad you had a good time. Jerome, no problem. It was my pleasure. I'm just kidding. No, it was cool, Jerome. I'm looking forward to uh, working with you again on your next cruise. And I appreciate the little plug there. You are the man, Jerome. Jerome's one of the best that ever did it. All right, moving on. This is a good one. What's happening, Tommy? Just back from a seven-night Bermuda cruise aboard Norwegian Escape. Let me quickly say that the ship was great, and I really enjoyed it. I have a warning to anybody who is bringing any herbal refreshments, herbal refreshments, to the beautiful island. On the last day in port, I was returning to my room from the spa and was greeted by local customs officials. They said to please wait with them for security to come and open my room. They asked if I had anything in the room. I figured at that point saying that I didn't would have been dumb, so I volunteered the location of my stash. Okay, this is an email about drugs, uh, which was only about enough for a couple of joints, 1.5 grams. I don't know, like grams or ounces. I'm not a drug guy, so I don't know this stuff. Uh, Once they bagged it up, they tore my room apart and found nothing else. I was then asked for my sailing card and my passport and was escorted off the ship. I went to the back room of the customs building and was questioned about the weed. I said that I brought it with me and never took it off the boat. After an hour, the police showed up and took me to the local station, police station. The police said that the amount I had wasn't really worth doing anything about, and I, and I didn't seem like a threat. They informed me that they would be giving me a warning. Wow, that was, that's for a sigh of relief. But the inspector had to sign off on it. We waited for a while for him to show up. At this point, I was panicking. The ship's last call was 2.30, and the sail away was at 3. It was 2.52 when the inspector showed up. We signed some papers, and the sergeant of the precinct said he would take me to the boat. We flew back to the boat, sirens blazing, uh, weaving around cars. I've never done a pier run before. I did learn, if you really want to draw attention to yourself, do it in a police car with the sirens on. It is the best. It's not uh, not really this whole experience was not really. This whole experience was very nerve-wracking. Upon returning to the ship, I was asked to sign a paper saying that I wouldn't bring illegal stuff onto the escape again. <laughs> they also let me know that they had gathered all my stuff in case I didn't make it and someone would bring it to my room. I returned to my room I returned to see my room attendant 
bringing the new sheets and towels to my stripped and empty room, and I helped him make the bed, and I threw him a 20 for the extra work. Wow, so they had you dead and gone. They did not think you were getting back on the ship. My bags were returned, and I went to the pool for numerous cocktails. Legal. Those are legal. <laughs> uh and to watch Bermuda fade away into the distance. Just want to give anyone, uh, this might affect a heads up. Okay, so now we have a little bit of a, oh, the signed anonymous. <laughs> this is a great story. So this guy got taken off the ship. He got brought into customs. They really, and, and don't tell me for a second, I don't care what anybody says, they did that to you psychologically on purpose. Yes, they wanted to see how much drugs you had. Yes, they wanted to search you. Yes, they wanted to see if maybe you were up to no good. But once they realized that they weren't going to detain you, they could have. that guy could have showed up. They had it all set up to where they knew when the cruise ship was going to leave, and they wanted you to sweat that out. That's my bet. I don't know. What do I know? But that's what I think. All right, moving on. But uh, glad you made it out. Glad you weren't detained in a foreign country, and uh, glad you uh, enjoyed the rest of your cruise and the many, many drinks afterwards. Great job, Anonymous. Tommy, congrats on the return to Florida. Best of luck in all your endeavors. It seems to have started well for sure. I listened eagerly to your review on NCL to Cuba. I am taking Royal Caribbean to Cuba in October. Yeah, we saw that ship. Um, we are doing the cruise on the Majesty of the Seas out of Tampa. We wanted to take NCL, but the scheduling worked better on Royal Caribbean. Yeah, but the drinks don't. Uh, my question is, did you notice how much were the cigars, rum, etc.? I'm trying to plan out how much money to exchange into CUC. Did you see anything else worth buying? I've read about people buying art, coffee, keychains, all kinds of stuff. I was wondering if this is because Cuba of the Cuban Cuban novelty or because it's really nice stuff. I realize that you are on a temporary budget until your life sorts itself out, so maybe you can comment on what you look forward to buying on your next trip if you didn't really notice on this one. It's a very, very astute observation. Yes, I was not spending a ton of money um, Andrea, and Andrea is an old school listener. Remember you from way back in the day. Always very, very supportive. Thank you for the email, and thank you for listening, Andrea. Um, so uh, I'm not a huge shopper on in ports. I'm really not. I don't buy a lot of art. I was always the shot glass guy, but I got pretty much a shot glass from everywhere I've been in the Caribbean so far, so that's kind of died out. Little hot sauces here and there. I don't buy the art. I don't think there's a... Listen, Cuba's... No, there's not really... Uh, well, talking cigars, my friend got bent over for cigars he got a you know we went to this bar where there was a really nice guy talked to us for like a half hour he's like if you want cigars i can make it happen i can give you a good deal and you know there was a negotiation my friend ended up buying three cigars for like you know 38 bucks or something like that and you know he was very happy he was like thank you so much to the guy who goes around the corner looks at the convenience store sees the same exact cigar in a convenience store for like 3.99 a cigar so i can't really speak on this I, I wish i had more information for you andrea for me it's totally more about the experience than it is about taking things home and creating more luggage and then breaking that thing on the way back and this and that so i don't know i don't have the information but we have a community Ladies and gentlemen, uh, always be both Cruises Ultra Lounge on Facebook. Those people who are astute in Cuba, let uh, Andrea know what is the best way to spend your money in Cuba. What should you buy? What should you grab when you're there? Um, what is the most authentic thing to bring back versus the run-of-the-mill thing just because it's from Cuba? I'll also say the exchange thing is very, very simple. Um, the uh, Right at the cruise port, 
there's a money exchanger. And we were kind of joking about it because it looks like literally like a bank. And there's a line, a long line. And don't be afraid of the line because it moves fast. But there's a long line and there's plenty of like what look like bank tellers in the cruise port exchanging money and exchanging it back left and right. You can you can give it, you can send it back, you can oh, the whole time. And uh, there's just literally one lady watching the whole thing. Like there's a literally no, you would think of all the money that was going back and forth, you would think that there's armed guards left and right, but there wasn't. Um, but the money exchange thing is not a problem. Andrea, hope you enjoy your cruise to Cuba and hope you're doing well out in Orlando. You got to come down to South Florida sometime. Tommy, if you had an opportunity to try out and cruise either MSC Seaside, Celebrity Edge, or the upcoming Virgin Scarlet Lady, which would you be most interested in experiencing and why Derek? Derek, that's a great one. That's a great one. You're talking about three, and I see what you did there. All three are outside of the big three. And if I was going to add one thing, and you're right, because it is a distant fourth out of this, there would also be like an experience on a Disney cruise ship, maybe doing that once as well. But out of these three, um, ooh, the Seaside looks amazing. As far as the hardware on that ship, it looks like the by far the ship I'd most want to be on. But I hear the experience is hit or miss. Celebrity Edge. Same thing with the hardware. Beautiful ship. I want to try that, uh, you know, that, you know, conveyor belt that brings you up and down the side of the ship. Um, I'm sure there's some sick, sick innovations on that ship. Um, but the crowd is probably a little bit, you know, in the not the, not the best demographic for having the type of cruise that I like to have. Or the Virgin Scarlet Lady. Um, for me, that's the one. I don't know that it would be the best one, but I would give the Virgin Scarlet Lady the nod because it is a 21 and over ship, or is it 18 or 21? It's an adults-only ship, and they're going to have all the hardware innovations that the other ones are going to have. Maybe not quite to that same level. I'm sure they'll just be different. You know what I mean? They'll have innovations that the other ones won't have, but they will be out-of-control innovations. I like the fact that the whole thing, they're trying to get you really, really drunk, and then they're trying to detox you, and then retox you again. Uh, I I would like to probably see what that Virgin experience is going to be all about in general. So I would pick the Virgin Scarlet Lady. Thank you, Derek. Hi, Tommy. I have to say that I love everything you do. Well, uh, well, you don't know everything I do, so you may not love it. You may not love all of it. I love how you started to build your travel agency and are able to cruise like you do. Typically not. This was a very, very rare thing. This Cruise-a-Palooza, three cruise, and a one-month thing was, 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 was crazy. I followed all your recent cruises on the Facebook page, and it made me want to book two cruises for next year. I've been cruising since 2002, and I've been on 17 cruises, all carnival. I just graduated college in March. Uh... I do aviation and now want to get into either becoming a travel agent or work for a cruise line. Do you have any advice on how I would start out in getting into the industry? Keep up the awesome work, Alex Stevens. No, I don't, Alex. I don't have the information. I'm not an expert. My travel agent business is ideally about to take off. I know you just got to get down with a host agency. Mine is Travel Quest uh, with the Lee family. I can tell you how I got introduced to that. A, from Doug Parker. Doug Parker... Uh, recommended them to me but also I noticed on YouTube uh, their daughter Steph Lee 
is very, very big into travel as well. And she has a website called Host Agency Reviews, and she is also on Facebook. And I just saw one of her YouTube videos and reached out to her, and she gave me some advice, so she helped me out. And then uh, Travel Quest, I could say right now, Travel Quest is my host agency. How it works is you have a uh, always be booked is my business. I don't have enough of the buying power to get the discounts and the uh, access to direct booking and get commission from these cruise lines, so I have to use a third party. That's TravelQuest, and I'm very happy with TravelQuest. If you look them up, you could check them up online, TQ, TravelQuest, wherever it is. And, uh, you know, I, like I said, have not been dialed in to the travel agency part of it. That's going to change very, very soon. But um, they are very, very communicative, very responsive. They have a very, very active Facebook group as well. So that's how I would get into that business. As far as getting on a cruise ship, just look up. There's websites out there, cruiseshipjobs.com. Maybe some of the stuff you heard before on this podcast previously would help you with that. Uh, just search jo- cruise ship jobs. Um, again, I don't know what you want to do on the cruise ships. Just be ready to work a lot unless you're a part of the entertainment staff. Um but hopefully that answers the questions. You didn't say that. What did you want to do? If you end up on a cruise ship, what do you want to do? Because the entertainment staff, it's it's a little bit more manageable and you do get a little bit better treatment. You know, as far as the service stuff, bartending, serving, things like that. I'm not going to lie to you. It's indentured servitude. You are freaking you're working seven days a week. You're working sometimes 10 hours a day. You do get free time. The conditions are rough and things like that. I would not want to do that. That would probably turn me off to cruising. But different strokes for different folks. So, Alex, good luck in your journey. Let me know. Also, always be both Cruisers Ultra Lounge on Facebook. Anybody has any advice for Alex, whether it's the travel industry or whether it's how to get a job on a cruise ship, please help us out and let us know. And, Alex, thank you so much for enjoying the show and continuing to listen and being a loyal listener. All right. Is this the last one? We have one more. No. We got two more. Hang in there, guys. Been away a little while. We accumulated some email. Uh, woke up to this. Woke up to this AM. Also, there's a picture here. Oh, this this has a picture attached to it when it came to me, and it was of snowy weather. So, woke up to this this AM. Now more than ever, I am so glad I am booked on my first ever cruise. Norwegian getaway, Eastern Caribbean, leaving in 12 sleeps. So, they're on this cruise right now. Wow. First ever cruise on the Norwegian getaway. That's a strong first cruise. I've been binging on your podcast and loving it. I think the long length of the format is great, especially when communicating in ridiculous winter weather. And really, it's not about the length. It's how you make use of it. (laughs) I see what you did there. Uh, Anyway, just wanted to say I appreciate your insight and advice. I do love it when you talk about the ports, so please don't stop doing that. One question, my boyfriend and I are in disagreement on this. Do we take our passports when we leave the ship at the ports or a photocopy or our driver's license? We are Canadian, hence the snow. Okay, bye for now. And that is... M, just the letter M. Well, M, um, that is a very debated topic. Do you take your passport off the ship? I think you do. I think you take your passport off the ship if you have one. That's the very, very purpose. People are so adamant about you cruising with a passport despite the fact that all you really do need is your birth certificate and a driver's license. With your driver's license and a birth certificate, if there is an emergency in port, you're likely going to have to jump through a lot of hoops to be able to get back on the ship 
um, well, actually, if you miss the ship, on a plane and back to your country. Um, it's an issue. You know what I mean? If you have a passport, there won't be any problems. You get a flight out of there, no problem, no no, no foul. I mean, no, not ideal because you missed your ship. But at the same time, you know, everything's taken care of. So my advice, and I think the advice of most people, is to take your actual passport off the ship with you when you are in port. Thank you, Em, and thank you so much for listening. And good luck on your first cruise on the Norwegian getaway. What would I say? Don't miss the H2O parties at night. Anytime Spice H2O is doing something at night, do not miss it. Also, um, Food Republic. Do they have Food Republic or is that just the escape? I'm not sure. Um, not sure. Definitely make use of um, Oshihan's, the Thai chili wings, all over that. Uh, the Margaritaville is delicious. Get the conch fritters and get the uh, Key West fish sandwich. Uh, Norwegian does it good with the entertainment, man. Just really, really enjoy all the entertainment uh, that Norwegian does and the uh, events that Norwegian does and the uh, buffet, the Sea Day buffet, uh, surprise barbecue buffet. I'm not buffet, barbecue, the surprise barbecue on a Sea Day when they roll out the sausages, the rice, the chicken. They just do it randomly. You don't know what's coming, but be looking for it. Uh, it's on a sea day towards the end of the cruise. Have a great cruise, and don't try not to get too spoiled by the getaway because there's not too many ships or classes of ships that are better than the Breakaway Plus class on Norwegian. Um, all right, moving on. Last email. I've listened to all the podcasts, all the episodes of your podcast. I love them. I do have a question for you, however. I don't think I've ever heard you say if you have a favorite cruise line, and if so, why? If you don't, with the amount that you do cruise, wouldn't it be beneficial to pick one line and build loyalty with them to take advantage of the loyalty perks you most certainly would have by now? I'm trying to make that decision myself now, and I would love to hear other people's opinions too. I'm leaning towards Royal Caribbean because their program seems seems the easiest and simplest one to advance in rather quickly. Also, once you achieve platinum and above status, it is also honored by celebrity ships. Keep up the good work. Feel free to answer on the podcast if you like. All right. Um, shoot. I didn't copy the name on this. I do apologize. Whoever this is, uh, hit me up again, and I will give you a name shout out for this, and I will make up for the fact that I don't have your name on this. Very, very simple answer to this one is no, I do not cruise based on loyalty whatsoever. I looked at the loyalty perks up and down and none of them blow me away. Whether it's faster to the ship, quicker embarkation, I do that by driving late on my own. So I don't necessarily wait when I'm boarding a ship. Uh, a, dr a free drink, a complimentary cocktail, uh, I don't care about that because I usually have the drink package. Uh, most of the, I guess, perks that I see on cruise ships are not going to outweigh my desire to find the perfect cruise on whatever cruise line is offering that as it pertains to my taste at that particular time. I'm just not going to do it. So I am. I'm very close to Platinum on Carnival, um, but Carnival didn't really blow me away. Of course, I'm going to give Carnival many more other chances, and I will sell Carnival again, and I recommend you do too. But I was disappointed on a, a number of levels on this last Carnival cruise. I was very, very happy on the Norwegian Sky Cruise, which was surprising to me. And uh, Royal Caribbean, you knew what it was. I loved the Royal Caribbean Freedom of the Seas ship. That was a great ship for me. So I'm all over the map with my cruising. Now, I'm going to choose probably 11 factors, 
12, 15 factors on why I take a particular sailing more the fact more than loyalty. The loyalty programs just don't do. Tell me, you guys hit me up, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com. What is your favorite loyalty perk that you get that make it so worth it for you to give your loyalty and all your money over to one cruise line? For the for that fact, I don't I don't see anything that blows me out of the water. There's cool stuff like free washing; they'll give you a free laundry. I don't need that. Um, you know, you get invited to some exclusive party that nobody else can go to. I don't want that. I'd rather do what I want to do when I want to do it. Chances are, when that party's going on, there's five things going on on the cruise compass that I'd rather be at than that party anyway. Um, Tell me, tell me, sell me, sell me on the loyalty programs and why I should be more loyal to one line. But that's pretty much it. No, I don't have a a favorite cruise line. Right now, Carnival, Royal Caribbean, and Norwegian, for me, are all neck and neck. If I had to really analyze it, maybe we'll do it and we'll announce a favorite cruise line, maybe. But to me, I always say a couple of things. They're good for different things. And also, it varies way more by ship itself or class of ship itself rather than the actual cruise line. So I don't have an answer for what my favorite cruise line is. And that is the show this week, This week, guys. I'm ideally going to start getting you very, very much more frequent shows uh, once a week plus the Patreon. Ten away on the Patreon, guys. We are so close to announcing an Always Be Booked group cruise. Plus, like I said, for $5 a month, you'll get that announcement and you'll get the um, the extra show a week and you get the satisfaction of knowing you're helping out the little podcast that could Instagram always be booked uh, Tommy at alwaysbebooked.com with the emails uh, please join us in the always be booked cruises ultra lounge on Facebook find us on iTunes find us on Stitcher find us on Spotify but when you do find us on iTunes subscribe rate review thank you guys for listening we will talk to you soon cones boat drinks there's a place where the boat is from It takes away a little your big problems You could worries, you could drive them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat is from Take one part sand, one part sea And one part set of a nine on tree And the drinks set cold and the reggae is hot And I know this is the place for me Get away to where the boat is from It takes away I love your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves You tell me? Perfectly good island somewhere Well, all right, the boats And don't grab your coat You won't need it where we are going Get away to where the boat leaves from It takes away a love your big problems You could worry, you could drop them in the blue ocean But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from Pick me up Pick me up Pick me up Put me down down in the sand where it's cool Put me down And when I fall on my stool Put me down I'll just leave there till morning comes round With sunshine ten ladies And pina coladas And Bob Marley songs that I'm playing 
There's a song in my ear that I want you to hear. Soft tropical lips that are singing. Get away to where the boat leaves from. It takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you can drop them in a blue ocean. But you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from. So get away. To where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the. So get away to where the boat leaves from, it takes away all of your big problems. You got worries, you could drop them in the blue ocean, but you gotta get away to where the boat leaves from.